you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm Rhett Lewis, and this is NFL Inside Report. On today's episode, it's one of the toughest positions in all of football. No, not quarterback, although that's up there. We're talking about the position that is most directly in conflict with the quarterback. That is the corner back on defense. Our pal Chase Goodbread, our colleague over on NFL.com, has done a fantastic profile of the cornerback position, what goes into it, how it's evaluated, and how players succeed in that role. It's a complicated process, and Chase joins us now. Chase, as you were doing your research for this piece, what did you really learn? What were some of your major takeaways from really diving into the cornerback position in the NFL? I knew a lot of it, but I think the one thing that maybe opened my eyes a little bit that I didn't know before was the way in which corners who are aging out of the game hang on find ways to hang on uh, my assumption that I've always maintained you know kind of before I even dove into writing the piece was that as corners get older uh, they get more physical with receivers right it, it makes sense right cornerback is uh, as a cornerback moves along in his NFL career he can get bigger he can get stronger get heavier but they don't get faster right the, the rookie year is as fast as they'll ever be and so it was my assumption uh, going in that, that the way those older corners handle that is, hey, you use what you have, right? You, you get more physical with receivers because that's as you get older and you lose a step, that's what you do best. That's really not necessarily the case. Might be the case with some of them. But with many others, the mentality is if I've lost a step, I got to play off more. I got to be more cautious. Because if, if you've lost a step and, and, and you decide to start being more physical with the receivers, playing up a little bit more, uh, you get beat deep easier. And if you get beat deep, that's the quickest way to be out of the league. What were some of the scouts and evaluators' thoughts on traits that make up a prototypical corner, Chase? Physically, definitely the speed and the quickness comes first. Uh, beyond that, more and more, they like the length. Really good shot that time of the matchup. You just see the height and everything of Richard Sherman, and there's just so little room where to throw the football. Meaning not only necessarily a tall guy, but also can be a guy with with uh, with long arms, right? Because a, a shorter corner with longer arms can can play an inch or two taller maybe than, than somebody else. And so that's kind of the difference between height and length. Uh, for a lot of these evaluations. And then, of course, another key factor is your ability to judge the ball in the air, which some corners have, some corners have less of, and and the ones who are great at it. For a drop by Leiter, the pass intercepted by Charles Woodson. His 
tend to be the ones that are that are getting more interceptions. I right. think the ones who maybe have a little bit less anticipatory skills and, and don't judge the ball in the air quite as much. Those are the guys typically who who you'll see prefer to uh, just try to break up the catch at the catch point, kind of rake at the receiver's arms and hands as the ball is coming in. But even then, you've got to time it right. Uh, so it's difficult no matter what your style, but, but, you know, physically those are, those are the trades and we didn't even get into this and into the the long form, but there's also some difference between the traits they look for in the outside corner versus the slot corner. Sure. Uh, there was a time when there was no such thing as a slot corner, of course. And now that inside guy, uh, that's that's a little bit of a different physical makeup too. The, the the quickness, the short area quickness, naturally is even more important for that slot guy because he's going to be dealing with the Julian Edelman types, the guys that are just fantastic at getting open for six yard catches on third down. So you know, I, I think the the physical aspect of the corners is one thing. The Mental slash, um, I think maybe even use the word emotional makeup of some of the corners, I think is important too, as you talk about um, to be exceptionally confident, even brash, yet not too arrogant to admit a mistake. That's a fine line there, Chase. There's no doubt. It, it, it's a super fine line. And, and the short memory thing is also something yeah. that, that I thought would be interesting to get behind because we always hear cornerbacks across the board say you got to have a short memory, right? It's cliche. They all say that. Um, But it's unquestionably easier said than done. And so I was hoping to try to get behind that a little bit with, with some of the interviews that were done. And, and and Casey Hayward was great to talk to in that regard. He's going to throw it far out. And it's going to be a safety, safety, baby. Out of way, Hayward. That's the veteran, baby. Hit him in the end zone. Stupid call, and it's a safety. He acknowledged, look, yeah, we, we all try to have short memories, but it's easier on some plays than others. It's, it's easier in some games than others, especially in hurry up. The ball's coming right back at you in a few seconds, and, and you've got to kind of clear your mind and yeah, reset you know, it, as it, fast it, as you Ironically, can. you know, the two positions that find themselves in conflict uh, quite often in an NFL game are asked to have that kind of short memory, right? It's the corner and the quarterback that needs to have that right. short memory uh, as well, which, uh, you know, I do find is kind of an interesting distinction uh, there. You, you had some great quotes and some great interactions with D'Angelo Hall, um, who kind of detailed an interesting story on an interaction he had with Randy Moss uh, yeah. as well. Uh, tell tell our listeners a bit about that. Yeah, D'Angelo was actually the first interview I did for the piece. He's, uh, of course, a, uh, an excellent analyst on NFL Network, and it, it, he was describing this preseason game that he, his rookie year, he's facing Randy Moss, and he went into the game with a high level of confidence. You know, he mentioned that to me. He, he was looking forward to, to taking on Randy Moss because at the time, he felt like playing the position was all about speed. D'Angelo Hall, who was timed at a 4-1-5-40, thought he could run with Moss. And he was a sub four three guy. I mean, he had all the speed in the world, so he he felt like, and rightly so, with speed like that, that he could 
keep up with any receiver in the NFL just like he did in college. And the next thing you know, fake reverse. And Culpepper has lots of time and unloads deep. That is Moss. That is a touchdown. 67 yards. That's the welcome wagon. Randy Moss goes right by him. Dante Culpepper uh, hits him with a, a perfect deep ball. He's right in the end zone. And and Hall chased the play. Watch here. Moss is going to raise his hand saying, I got him beat. Just toss it down. And he's running, running, running. And now watch, watch Moss separate. He just separates at the last second. He wasn't going to make the tackle. He wasn't going to stop the touchdown. But he kept chasing it. Uh, because he wanted to just get a hand on Moss before he crossed the goal line. And if you look at the clip, which is still uh, a pretty easy internet search, right as Moss crosses the goal line, you just see Hall just kind of reach out and and touch him on the waist with his left hand. And he said, I just wanted to be able to tell myself that that, that I was close enough to at least touch him, if not make a play. Uh, You know, and and that that was ego protection at the end of the day. And, of course, uh, you know, D'Angelo Hall learned a lot, ended up being an outstanding NFL cornerback. He missed a big chunk of his rookie year, missed six or seven games, I believe, with with an injury. Uh, but, you know, he he came back and and uh, and had a big uh, finish to his rookie year and, and went on to a lot of good years. Falling down, D'Angelo Hall makes an interception on a slant, and Hall is going to go in for the score. You can see the physical play by D'Angelo Hall. He just knocks Jerry Rice to the ground. He's right in the throwing lane. And an easy interception for D'Angelo Hall, who runs it in 48 yards for the Falcon score. I also wanted to get into, like, the study, just the research that corners look at, because we talk about, like, you know, edge rushers have a book on tackles. Tackles have a book on edge rushers and, you know, quarterbacks are studying everything. What is the cornerback prep like, you know, for, for a, uh, a player who could see a number of different receivers on any given day? Yeah, I think it's kind of twofold. On the one hand, you, you're prepping within the game plan. You're prepping within the scheme for the team right. in a given week. But then on another level, and I think this kind of prep, you know, just kind of extends through the offseason and it extends as deep as, as any corner wants to get into it. But you know, there's also watching receivers for uh, what they like to do in a general sense, as opposed to what you're expecting to see in a given game. And so, you know, the, the corner's got to be got to be able to handle the guy who's 6'3", 215 one week, uh, who, who might. Uh, you know, play more like a Des Bryant or a Michael Irvin, you know, and just be great at, at giving you a little shove at the stem, you know, at the stem of the route and and, and making the catch that way and playing physical because because a lot of receivers like to play physical too. Uh, and then the next week you're you're going up against uh, uh, a Tyree Kill or a, sure. or a, or a Lockett, right? Um, or one of these smaller guys, T.Y. Hilton, et cetera, who, who can just blow by you and, and are, you know, more about the speed game and, and more about clean separation. So I think these corners, the good ones, the ones that study a lot of tape, they're not only, they're not only watching these tapes within the framework of the game plan and within the framework of a defensive scheme, but, but they're also watching it to try to pick up some tells uh, from these receivers as far as what they like to do uh, to, to get open and make these grabs. I think that's really interesting um, in, in the different ways that corners are asked 
to play in this league. It is it is different from team to team and, and from down to down, really. Uh, so they have to have a vast skill set. Um, and, you know, that, that skill set is often challenged by evolutions within the game. Uh, and we, what we've seen from the rule book and the officials and the officiating. And we'll get into that right after this quick break. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Well, the rule changes that we've seen in the NFL have certainly made life more difficult for defenses in general, uh, those defending the pass, certainly more specifically, like cornerbacks in the NFL. As we continue our chat here with Chase Goodbread, uh, is with us as a terrific piece out right now on NFL.com. You can find it NFL.com slash cornerback. Talking about what it takes to be among the best at the position in the league, how corners are evaluated that in our earlier segment and now how some of the rules have impacted the game and the way these guys play where I mean you know a an incidental touch can result in a first down on third and 50 and on a play right on a play that's not you know the receiver might not even be uh, the intended receiver and so it the degree of difficulty chase is so high for some of these corners based on some of the rules that we've seen implemented now. What did you find as you uh, explored that aspect? The rules definitely make it tougher. And, and, and I think to some extent that starts with the safety rules and the way they've evolved and, and the protection of ball carriers, which of course is very important. Uh, but that makes it difficult for all defensive players, certainly uh, to tackle in a safe way, but it's not something that's easily done when you've got a split second to react uh, the ball carrier's head sometimes doesn't stay on the same plane, right? Sometimes the ball carrier, you know, will 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 move his head in a in a way that makes you know contact above the shoulders uh, nearly impossible to avoid. So that certainly is a big factor. I think that actually probably is tougher on safeties than corners, right? Because the safeties are the ones who are going to be, yeah. uh, you know, dealing with the stuff over the little over the middle a little bit more. Uh, but but that goes for all of them. But then in terms of coverage, yeah, th- those rules have changed over the court. You know, back in the early 70s, you could put your hands on the receiver downfield legally. And right. Paul Brown advocated for what they call the Isaac Curtis rule. I think it came in in 1974, uh, which outlawed that um, unless it was within five yards of the line of scrimmage. So that was definitely a, a rule that, 
that was a, a game changer at the position, opened things up for wide receivers a little bit. And then, of course, there's the general point that when it comes to hand fighting and physical contact, and Rhett, I believe you were a college receiver. That's uh, right. Re- receivers can get away with a little we bit do. more than corners can, right? I mean, I mean the, the same level of contact from a corner that, that, that draws a flag tends to maybe not draw a flag for a wide receiver who's trying to give a little shove to get open. This back shoulder throw was thrown at least seven yards before the break. The timing on that was simply unbelievable. Was there a push or not? Certainly got knocked Ooh, to the baby. ground. That one, when I saw it live, I thought they might get an offensive pass interference, but not called. No flag. Yeah, it's it's definitely in the advantage of offensive players and receivers and pass catchers for sure. Um, although we have seen, you know, a few more offensive pass interference calls. Uh, some of, and usually when they do get called, it's like, you know, it, it's a huge deal just because, it, you know, it's a big play in the game. Um, and you're not sure which one's going to get the call and then it ends up going on the offense. You're like, whoa, yeah. uh, it's always one that kind of draws the surprise uh, oftentimes. Unless I'll it's tell you, if I was obvious. king for a day, I would make DPI a 15 yard penalty like it is in college instead of a spot foul. Really? Because yeah, I, I feel like there's folks in college that want to see it as a spot foul. Not me, not me. I, I mean, I mean, to, to me, it, it's just a little too punitive to see a, a, a penalty move an offense 40 yards, right? That's the 46-yard penalty will move it out into Brown's territory. How many times have we seen that this year? It's the underthrown deep ball where the defender is back behind and the offensive player tries to adjust and come back. But there sure looked like both of them were just hand fighting, trying to get back to the football. But as we know in this league, where we're at right now, it's usually going to go against the defense. For me, I, I just think 15 yards ought to be the way to go. But but who knows if that'll ever. But see, again, that, that would that would be an advantage for the defense. And it draws the question, if if that ever did come to pass, how freely would would NFL corners take a DPI, right? Yeah. You start seeing some liberties, I think. We're not going to give this thing up, so let right. me just tackle it. I'd rather 15 than 45 or or, or more. Um, the perception of DBs is also an interesting topic that you, uh, you dive into in your piece, nfl.com slash cornerback for Chase's piece on the cornerback position now in the NFL. Because, you know, like we've seen with the advent of next-gen stats and PFF, people are more educated on some of what is a perception of how coverages work, how defensive players responsibilities work. And, you know, you could see, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to detail you this. I'll read you this quote and, and that you had from uh, D'Angelo Hall. Who's talking about just, just how difficult it is in the perceptions of corners. Like you can play defensive end. He says, and get two sacks out of the 61 plays, get your ass kicked for 59 plays. And everyone will say, dog, you had a hell of a game. But if you get your butt kicked at corner, the world's going to know and yeah. they won't likely remember what happened on a first quarter play, you know, where you, where you got your hands on a ball. If you gave up that deep touchdown. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. And that's certainly true from the standpoint that, that in man coverage, single man coverage, uh, setting aside the fact that there may or may not be some safety help corners are exposed for the, for, 
for the fans, right? They they yeah. they can see who messes up, who doesn't, who gives up plays, touchdowns, who doesn't. You know, for defensive ends, they get noticed when they do well, not so much when they don't. And it's it's really the reverse for the cornerback position. Yeah. So so that's a factor. But then, of course, another point we got into is that sometimes the cornerback looks bad when he's just done his job, right? Because not not every defense is designed to stop every play and not every corner, you know, corners aren't even supposed to stop every catch. They've got a job to do. Sometimes that job includes making a tackle on a catch that the defensive coordinator does not mind giving up. It's a tough gig. There's no yeah. doubt about it. I, I think these corners have got uh, arguably that you could argue it's the toughest job in the game, I think. Yeah. You mentioned in our first segment talking about how players tried to how corners in particular try to, you know, maintain their elite skill set, their speed. Uh, and you got into that a little bit with Casey Hayward. What, what did he end up telling you about how he was able to maintain his level of play and his athleticism as time wore on? Right. Well, he and I were having the discussion about how cornerbacks, they, they don't get faster. They only get slower. The best 40 they'll ever run is at the combine. Right. The fastest they'll ever be as, a, as an NFL player is, is their rookie speed. And, and from there, you just try to maintain as much as you can and not go into any kind of a decline. Uh, Alonzo Highsmith uh, was uh, with the Packers when when Hayward was with was in Green Bay and, and he imparted the advice to to Casey that you got to get on the track if, in the offseason if you do that consistently that'll help you come back in August for camp with your speed and tip-top shape and over the course of a career you know maybe you can get an extra contract out of it if you maintain your speed better than the next guy uh, hang on for a couple of years, and and Hayward took that to heart, and he jumps on the track every spring after he's had a month or so to kind of recover and get his yeah. body right physically. He's on the track every spring, trying to keep his speed going, and and his his career is is ten years and going strong right now. Yeah, it gives new meaning to the term and the catchphrase track speed, right? Because I, I think we kind of lose sight of that. You know, that that's, you know, a lot of, a lot of players in this league ran track, whether it was high school or, you know, before that and getting back on the track and getting that kind of training is part of, you know, what allows them longevity in the league. Another piece of that conversation with longevity is the transition from cornerback to safety. What are some of the ways in which you explored that that aspect of the of the defensive back position? Well, if if you lose a step, but you got the instincts and you and you're a good tackler, uh, that's something that that guys can certainly do. Uh, not all of them, because obviously the skill set isn't quite the same. You don't have to be quite as fast. Uh, you got to be super tough to play that safety position because there's more run support involved. Obviously. Not everybody can do it, and some who can do it happen to play for an NFL team that that's that's doesn't see it, right? I mean, just because you want to move to safety doesn't mean your DC wants to see that. It doesn't necessarily mean your GM thinks you can do that. So that kind of factors in. You can't just raise your hand and, and jump to safety uh, when you think it's time. But some guys are well suited for it. Kareem Jackson's a great example. Lawrence feeling the pressure from Miller, slinging it, and it is picked. Intercepted by Jackson. Trevor Lawrence with his first big mistake 
And Jackson, the cagey vet, with a defensive gem for Denver. Kareem Jackson's a guy that I actually covered uh, in his college years when he played at Alabama. He was a super corner uh, in college, a first-round draft pick. He was actually projected to be a second or a third-rounder, but uh, he ended up going first round, had a really nice run at corner. Uh, he's always been a guy that, that can really tackle, a really physical yeah. player. Uh, and, you know, he's he, he's done excellent, in my opinion, moving to, to safety as well. Yeah, and that uh, kind of started, that evolution for him started when he left the Texans, right, and went to the Denver Broncos. Um, he was, da- yeah, he was actually kind of dabbling in, in a safety role a little bit while he was still in Houston. In Houston but, right. but, when he, but when he got to, to Denver, he kind of dove in with both feet. And uh, the next thing you know, he's, he's playing safety at a, at a super high level. D'Angelo Hall, who you also talked with for this piece, did a similar um, and actually made a similar transition with Washington um, kind of right after he turned, uh, you know, 31. I believe he got into some safety role, safety roles. Did he talk about that at all with you um, in the later stages of his career? Yeah, he did not mention that uh, too much. I ended up chatting more with uh, Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, a little bit about that safety switch as well. Is that something, Chase, that evaluators look at, like the potential for like, hey, this is a corner we like, but, you know, worst case scenario, he might be a really good safety for us, too. Right. I don't think they look at guys in terms of could this be a safety when he's done at corner at age 30, sure. right? They don't look that far ahead because they don't know if they if, if, if they'll be, be playing for. However, yeah. that being said, do they look for versatility and defensive backs in general? Absolutely. Uh, if you take a, if you're evaluating a corner, uh, there's no question. They look at versatility. Could this guy play safety if he doesn't work out at corner right away? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it, second year in the league Third, and same with slot corner. You know, could this guy play in the slot? All that goes into it. And and certainly scheme goes into it, too. You know, we haven't touched on this yet, but there are yeah. there are pre, there are guys who are excel in press coverage and guys who don't guys who are playing better off playing off and zone and those who don't. You know, Joe Hayden, for instance, with the Steelers, that guy is fantastic playing off. Uh, but that's yeah. his. That that's what he does. That's his game. Uh, and then you've got the press guys, uh, you know, like a Richard Sherman, for instance, who are bigger and 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 physical and and excel in that regard. So that's part of the evaluation in terms of drafting guys into his scheme. And for a corner, it can be hard when the coaching staff changes. Right? Let's say you're a press guy. And your head coach gets fired. The new head coach <laughs> comes in. He hires a DC that doesn't like to press. Uh, now you've either got to change your stripes a little bit, or, or or you could be changing uniforms, one or the other. And then to talk about to just to kind of end up on your your versatility uh, angle there. You remember Malcolm Jenkins coming out of Ohio State? You know, was thought of as one of the top corners in the class. Ends up making a switch very quick from right. corner to safety with the Saints, and is still playing at safety in the league and has been one of the best safeties in football for a long time. Yeah. Um, So it's a delicate process and a complicated one for evaluators. It is complicated for sure. And and I think for, for these NFL, the reason they value versatility so much is because for the guy that does not have any versatility, if he's a bust at the position that you have envisioned for him, 
then he's a bust of a pick, right? He's going to be out of the league. He's going to be moving on. Uh, but when they see that versatility, what they see is, okay, if I'm, I'm spending a, a high pick, second round pick, first round pick, whatever the case may be on this player, if he doesn't work out where we hope he can work out, at least he can be a, a valuable contributor in some other way. And the pick is, is maybe not what you thought it would be, but, but at least it's not a bust. Again, it's NFL.com slash cornerbacks for Chase Goodbread's piece. Uh, does a phenomenal job. Chase, thanks so much for detailing uh, what went into this piece, the work you put into it, and uh, the finished product. I really appreciate it. Uh, well worth your time over on NFL.com. Thanks for spending some time with us. Chase Goodbread. Enjoyed it, Red. Appreciate it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of NFL Inside Report. Reminder to download, rate, review our show on Apple Podcasts, on iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your pods. We greatly appreciate it. We're back with you on Monday. Quick break for the holiday season and back with you on Monday following the Week 16 Sunday in the NFL as we come down the stretch of this 2021 regular season. For producers, Thomas Horn and Tim Parachka, I'm your host, Rhett Lewis. Hope you all have a safe and happy holiday season. We'll catch you back here next week. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.